Welcome aboard. This is your captain, Johnny. And first mate, Jess. Thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the ships of chaos. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Jess. This is Johnny. Hope everybody's doing great. Uh, this episode comes, we're not a political podcast, but this episode comes after the election. So we hope everybody is safe. Everything's okay. And everything is the way it's supposed to be. It, things are meant to happen this way. So hopefully everybody's okay. We are recording um, before the election, but it'll premiere after the election. Yeah, yeah. So the election is still yet to come. Who knows what the world will be like. Hopefully I'm still living in the United States and haven't fled to Canada. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like moving to like Mars. (laughs) (laughs) No. I don't want to be on Earth anymore. <laughs> My friends and I are like, well, let's we'll like just have a caravan and move to um, Canada. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we're not we're not going to get into politics. We just no. hope everybody's safe and all is yeah. well. And um, that's on that front. So uh, Johnny was telling me about this picture of our man. Styles eating an orange, <laughs> the sexiest fruit there is, of course, <laughs> and smoking a cigarette. Oh, and smoking a is he a real smoker in real life, Dylan? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, Dylan O'Brien smokes in real life. Hmm. So, um but what the funny thing about this picture is someone had commented on the picture. I don't know if I want to be the orange or the cigarette. <laughs> and honestly, mood. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> is this a picture from 2020? Uh, it looks younger than 2020. Okay. It looks like he's younger in that picture. We'll post it to our Facebook group so everybody can... Um decide if they want to be the orange or the cigarette (laughs) so uh i actually have a lot of pictures of dylan o'brien smoking i don't know why uh i'm a smoker um some of the pictures he's shirtless i mean that's probably why (laughs) (laughs) we are definitely attracted to shirtless dylan o'brien yeah Nice and buff, but not too many muscles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how was your week, Jess? Oh, you know, it was good. I am starting a new job. So it's kind of been a bittersweet farewell with my old coworkers. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of fun on my current team, but onto bigger, better pastures. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, I'm very excited. Really? Um, my week was okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. How was your week? I'm an asshole. Um, it was good. I spent time with my sister and my brother who, they're not really my sister and brother, but I call them that because they're 
good as, you know? They're soul siblings. Yeah. Take them when, where you can. Yeah. I have, like, three sisters and a brother that are really my sisters, and then, like, countless brothers and sisters that I just call my brother and sister. Yeah. That's, it's awesome when you find those people you're just supposed to be with. So. I have lots of friends. That's good. <laughs> um, did you watch any good movies? I know you're, you're on a big movie kick. Did you ever get through your Halloween list? Oh, of course not. No. <laughs> Are you going to continue it on to a uh, spook member? <laughs> I pretty much watch Halloween movies year round. Year round. So I did watch um, two things of interest this week. Uh, I watched a babysitter's guide to monster hunting with Tom with Felton. Our man, Tom Felton. Yeah, that was great. I would recommend if you have Netflix, go on to Netflix and watch a monster, a babysitter's guide to monster hunting. Tom Felton sings. I love hearing him sing. Um, does is it a scary movie? No, or is it's it a, more comedy? Like it's a movie made for kids. Okay, that's awesome. No. I've been seeing his like pictures on his Instagram of like <clears throat> him backstage, backstage behind the scenes of that movie, all dressed up, and I just I love him. I'm so happy for him to have some, gotten something where he's yeah. not singing on a beach looking homeless. <laughs> yeah, he's um he's the king of monsters. He'd be the king of my monsters. So. <laughs> So in the other movie, um, I, I've had this movie for a while, and I've watched it a number of times. It's called White Frog, starring Harry Shum Jr. from Glee and Boo Boo Stewart from Twilight. And I was organizing my DVDs because I had to put all the Halloween movies back in the right order. Mm-hmm. My movies have to be in alphabetical order or I go nuts. Yeah. And so I pick up White Frog and look at the cover and I'm like, wait, that's Tyler Posey from Teen Wolf on no the cover. Way. So I, was, I had to watch that one again. <laughs> so what is this movie about? Uh, okay, so Boo Boo Stewart plays an autistic boy uh-huh. and his brother passes away. And he's kind of lost and he's finds like some stuff of his brothers and finds out that his brother was going to help, was going and spending time volunteering at this shelter. So he goes to start volunteering at the shelter and he's really uncomfortable because he's autistic, but he finds out his brother's friends are helping at the shelter too. And his brother's friends kind of become a family for him. Oh man, that sounds like a it is emotional movie. It's a tearjerker for sure because like he doesn't know how to deal with like the loss of his brother. Don't start crying on me. Oh man, it was an. Oh, that one got me in the feels, Johnny. Sorry, I love independent films, and this one like has like three actors that I absolutely love. Tyler Posey's in it. Yeah, Tyler Posey's in it. So if you like Tyler Posey, go, see, go check out White Frog. 
So how about now we do my favorite part, Jess <laughs> giving us a recap of last week. Just trying to remember what the hell happened. Um, okay, so we started chapter three, Purple Fields. So we were in part one. And I believe we started with Styles in a dream. Um, and he's in a, I remember him being in a house. So he's dreaming of coming upon this house where he's, um, he's seeking shelter. And he dreams about the bone men attacking him. Um, and then something happens and he has to flee from this house. Um, so it ends up being like a nightmare. And our man Derek is there to kind of comfort him without using so many words, just kind of being there for him. Or no words at all. No words. They didn't say anything. Did they just like look at each other? Yeah, they just kind lovingly. of lovingly. <laughs> not lovingly. They just kind of shared a knowing look. Yeah. Um, and then we have some preparation for their road trip to the settlement, the safe haven. Um, and they get into a fight because Derek is wanting to believe so badly that his sister is alive, but Styles, who is kind of more really trying to be realistic. Wait, rewind that, flip it. And reverse it. Put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Um, okay, so Styles thinks Cora is alive. Yes, Styles thinks Cora. Derek is being realistic and yeah. thinks she's dead. But question, Derek's looking for his sister, so what? doesn't he think she's alive? He, I think he wants to believe he's she's alive, but like he doesn't want to have too much hope and be heartbroken, you know? That's valid, but he's also going out searching for her, so. Yeah. But, um, okay, uh, anything that I missed? I'm sure there's a lot. So that's the gist of it. Uh, only thing I would add is they go back to sleep. Styles wakes up feeling like that spidey sense going on and saying, okay, we got to leave tomorrow. We have to leave tomorrow. And they agree tomorrow we will leave. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's get into part two of Purple Fields. Purple Fields. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Ready, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Purple Fields, Chapter 3, Part 2. The only consolation about leaving his carefully cultivated, ruthlessly harvested plants behind that had saved his life was that he'd gotten a lot of seeds from them. He thought about planting them again somewhere in the, in the settlement, in the garden of whatever home his dad had made for himself. It seemed like an impossible future, too far away and too impossible to even contemplate, but that didn't stop him. Unease dogged his every step as they had a full breakfast, wanting to make the most of the fresh food while they could. Instead of breakfast? Instead of breakfast. Breakfast or not, Stiles served Derek up his specialty fish and potatoes part boiled, then fried with some of the herbs he'd collected. Somehow, 
sharing it made the meal he'd eaten most days for two years taste better than it ever had before. Really sweet. Derek had taken the large door off the greenhouse. The wildlife could claim whatever vegetables or fruit managed to grow without Stiles' helping hand, though Derek seemed dubious that they would flourish at all in his absence. Stiles frowned at the thought, even now, as he traced his familiar foraging path through the trees. He was so deep in, in thought that he stumbled, hands flailing out to reach himself on the tree, nearest tree. They hooked in Derek's jacket. They hooked in Derek's jacket instead, caught by strong hands on his elbows, that he didn't realize him immediately, even after they'd helped to ride him. Kyle's is such a clutch. Oh, have you? Seen, oh, t Teen Wolf cluts everywhere. How he survives the first two seasons, I don't know. <laughs> I want to know how he's survived this long, like <laughs> on his own. It has to be that bat. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How did you survive this long again? Derek asked, tone dry but without bite. Styles left. L luck, dude. Pure luck. <laughs> Derek's nose wrinkled. Don't call me dude. <laughs> Derek. Oh, like he's so offended by it. <laughs> oh, no, he's called him dude so many times yeah. before this. This moment, this is the first time he told him not to call him dude. Uh, the little things. <laughs> Even saying that, he took a beat longer than necessary to remove his hands. They stuck close, arm twitching as if on the verge of reaching out whenever Styles took a near misstep on the uneven ground. The storm the other day had turned the earth into an unstable territory. It felt unfamiliar under Stiles' feet. It wasn't anything that nature didn't do daily, change, grow, grow, and shift with time. But with the feeling of encroaching danger prickling at the back of his neck, it was just more of the same wrong. Where are you going? Derek asked. Styles hadn't taken this path since he'd arrived, and so the note of confused impatience in his voice was understandable, he supposed. He didn't understand, though, just pressed on. It was a bit of a trek, and the closer they got, the more prickly Derek seemed to become. But he couldn't. He just had to. Styles, he said with a note of warning but Stiles had already stepped into the clearing. There was a few feet of green grass, then a sea of purple flowers dominated everything. There, they were still mesmerizing even after the amount of times he'd visited this place. This was another reason he decided to stay. Even back then, there had been something about the 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 
Even back then, there had been something about the then tiny thatch of flowers growing just at the edge of the meadow that had called to him. He'd been sure they were a sign, a tiny flicker of a reminder of his mother, or at least the rich purple had been. They had filled him with a certainty that he'd be safe here. Then he'd stumbled on the tower shortly after and his mind had been set. The flowers had spread since then, stretching out like a widespread fingers. Nope, 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 nope. The flowers had spread since then, stretching out like widespread fingers across the grass or like the long flowing skirts of his mother had sometimes worn, pulling out beneath her when he'd crawled into her lap in the backyard. They'd steadily, nope, they'd steadily bloomed too since the first time he'd seen them. They'd grown taller and multiplied, grown stronger, even if the world beyond the forest had waned. Derek had stopped dead at the sight of them, and Stiles lowered himself to his hunches. Don't! Derek cried out, catching hold of Stiles' shoulder. Don't touch them! Stiles started, hands playing out behind him to support him as he slipped in surprise at Derek's panic. I wasn't going to touch them, he said, pushing himself up. He dusted off his now dirty hands on his jeans. Crouching on the balls of his feet. They'd grown so tall now that down at this level they swayed gently above his head height. It was like when he was small and he sprawled on his back in his mother's overgrown flower garden and watched the irises dancing along with the breeze. Why doesn't Derek want him to touch the flowers? Is it to leave like a lingering scent? He, he, he. Okay. All right, continue. <laughs> <I can't tell you. laughs> there were so many good memories he associated with the thriving purple meadow. The vivid flowers had been a comfort, a reassuring shelter sometimes when his thoughts had grown too much. They had soothed him like their presence had chased away the, the demons from his mind. He'd never touch them, though. A few books he'd found on his travels didn't have much in the way of wildflowers, but just the way their cowled hoods curved around their dark spider-like centers made him reluctant. He just always had the feeling that they were there. They were a comfort, but no part of his being wanted to touch. It was an an instinctive notion. They were a beauty that stood guard like a dog, but were too wild to be touched. When he glanced up at Derek, who he'd realized had been growing steadily more and more anxious on their journey here, seemed transfixed by the purple sea. The flowers ebbed and flowed before them, subtly moving on the breeze like they were alive. Derek didn't tear his eyes away from them as he asked, you, you've never handled them, right? Never eaten them or... Eaten them? I don't eat anything that grows that isn't a vegetable or fruit, buddy. 
except some of the berries I recognize if I see them. I'm no Boy Scout. I don't know what mushrooms and flowers are edible. Like he was stupid or something. How did Derek think he'd lived this long? Exactly. Dumb luck, Styles' mind supplied. It'd been what he told himself all this time, after all. Derek seemed to relax as at his answer, though he didn't release his grip on Styles' shoulder. What is this place? Derek almost whispered, and the harsh unease in his voice, the expression on his paled face gave the once comforting meadow a chilling, haunting atmosphere. Slowly, Styles pushed up, looking around at the flowers, a whisper of the wind carrying through them like, cons like a conspiring dark promise. Styles shuddered. He'd never felt unsafe here before, not ever. Seeing Derek's reaction to it, though, feeling the odd, otherworldly chill that nipped at, at his extremities like an oncoming cold mist made him shift uncertainly. It was as if he were waking from a deep slumber to find the python he'd lovingly nurtured had wrapped its coils around him. I think it just occurred to me what these purple flowers are. It did? Yeah, wolfsbane. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> I love the vision of the python, though, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> um, it is concerning. I mean, it should be concerning Derek's reaction to it. How he's almost, like, scared of it. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, like, he doesn't want to be near it, so. Yeah. I came across them when I first arrived here. They reminded me of irises, or the color did, at least. They were my mother's favorite. He didn't expand on that, admit the comfort they'd provided him over the years. An echo of his mom's presence, he'd once thought. A protective arm stretching through the meadow and through it into it either side of the forest now, like an embrace, shielding the place he'd made his home from the outside world. They aren't irises, Derek said quickly. Styles snorted, a little annoyed. Styles snorted, a little annoyed. I know that. They just reminded me of them, that's all. For a moment, Derek nodded his gaze tracing where the flowers spread into the trees to vanish from sight. He nodded again, clearly understanding something deep, deeper than, This is why you've stayed undetected for so long. The flowers, they're poisonous to most living creatures. But their presence repels the supernatural. He frowned as Styles watched, evidently remembering something. There is a path on the far side of the forest. I felt repelled from it. I just knew it was the wrong path to take, even though I knew it was the most direct route to follow your broadcast. I took the long way around. I guess I know why now. I'd never given it a second thought. It's part of the flower's magic, I guess. We're kind of getting into the part where Derek is starting to speak a lot more. <laughs> yeah, it's harder, but it's okay. It's okay. 
it's not going to be my hardest thing to do. I swear. <laughs> it, it's hard. It will get harder this chapter, uh, not just from Derek. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. He was still staring at them as if memorized, and that can only and that only made the tight, uneasy feeling swell in Styles' throat. His skin was prickling just a little. In that way, his skin was prickling just a little now. In that way, it made Dread nip at his senses. Are they really that powerful? Styles asked, unsure how something so deadly, so strong, could have been such a large part of his life in the last two years or so without him realizing. Derek nodded, but the longer he stood there, the longer he seemed to get lost in whatever trance the flowers were drawing him into. Was that why Stiles had spent so much time here, been drawn to their presence over and over, wasted hours probably with them until a downpour or the sudden chill of hunger had snapped him out of it? Had he befallen, had he fallen into their thrall? He swallowed a little dizzy now with the feeling of disquiet. They have many names. I've never actually seen them in real life. Not in this form. Derek replied, when Dekillion and his alpha pack expo exposed our kind to the world, the first thing he did... Bleh, First thing he did was destroy every location their emissary could find where these grew, so humans couldn't use it against us. His mouth twisted. My mother and her emissary, Deaton, were trying to find some. They thought they could use it against other supernaturals that were destroying everyone, but they never Styles was almost vibrating with curiosity, with unanswered questions, and the eagerness was only fueled by the anxious feeling in his belly. He swallowed, mouth dry with it. What the hell is an emissary? And Deaton, wasn't he the vet? <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> oh, motherfucking Deaton. <laughs> we were just watching we're watching season four and like this whole season I'm like fucking Deaton <laughs> he didn't see how these flowers could stop the bone men either nothing had been able to stop them not the explosives from the military not the bullets not he stepped back from the meadow, or tried to. He managed a few steps backwards, clumsy steps, but Derek caught his forearm, gently but firm. Styles, he said with both in entreaty and a question. What's entreaty? I Google it. Let's learn a new word, boys and girls. Entreaty. An earnest or humble request. Like okay. Please. Entreaty, okay. Okay, so now we know what entreaty means. Styles' head swam with something. He hadn't felt it this strongly in so long now. 
and had no way of communicating it to Derek. He just nodded. Yes, he was okay. But now, okay. Yes, he was okay for now, but they wouldn't be. They wouldn't, and it was like trying to speak in those first few paralyzing moments after you woke from a nightmare that scared you for some reason you couldn't even comprehend. It's Aconitum styles, Wolfsbane. But we can use it. Hunters, they use it. Centuries ago. So we can, and maybe if we can get some back to the settlement, to Deaton, he'd know what to do with it. Woot uh, woot for me calling out the flowers. Yeah, Wolfsbane! Aconite! Monkswood! <laughs> but now I'm also wondering how Derek is going to travel with it. If it's repelling, like, him. Well, Siles will definitely have to uh, carry it. But will it not repel him from Styles? Like, he just won't want to be near him. Well, let's see. But also, didn't he say... I got confused if it was Derek or Styles. Didn't he say it was almost like calling it, him to it? Styles, it was calling it. It was calling Styles. It was calling Styles and repelling Derek. So let's see. I think they're going to describe how they're going to carry it in the story. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it is Aconite or Wolfsbane, which I have told my friends and my family a hundred times. Wolfsbane is the prettiest, deadliest flower you will ever come across. It is a very, I looked it up and it does look like an iris. Uh-huh. It is very pretty. Yeah, it is so gorgeous, but you touch it, you could die. <laughs> like it has like a nice little sap that comes out through the leaves and the, the stem. And if that soaks into your skin, you can get aconite poisoning and die. Mm-hmm. It's also it, a great weapon against creatures. <laughs> yeah. so. Use it as you will. Yeah. But it, it, can, it, it can also be harnessed to create certain medicines. Everything... Everything that is a poison can be used as a medicine as well. That is a scientific fact. <laughs> there are some like medicines that require that requ- that use snake venom. It, it's so, the world of medicine is yeah really cool. Where were we? Okay. Dial shook his head. He felt drunk now, but not in a good way. I don't. What the hell does the vet have to do with it? (laughs) He's stuck on that vet. (laughs) Derek didn't answer. He just pushed his hand into the pocket of Styles' hoodie and pushed the gloves Styles used for most of his work with the plants into his hand. I can't, it's... He wrinkled his nose and Styles could only imagine what these flowers were doing to his super senses if they had the power to repel to... In trance. Let me tell you, we just got some hand and pocket action. <laughs> Goodness, you're um, such a perv. Not sexually, but you're such a perv, Jess. 
And I'm the one who was perving over Damien McGinty tonight. I was, um, I think I uh, immediately thought of the sweater weather song. I can't think of who sings it right now. But the alt-indie band. Yeah. We're getting very distracted tonight. (laughs) Are those gloves in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? (laughs) Okay. No, no. Okay. I saw, I went and saw Love and Monsters, okay? Uh Uh-huh. And one of the trailers, one of the previews was for this new movie with Ryan Reynolds where he's in a video game. That's awesome. And like, He's on a bo- a motorcycle with this lady or this woman. Uh, and I always say lady. Anyways, but she goes, "Is are you happy to see me? Or is that a gun in your pocket? And he goes, it's not a gun in my pocket. And she looks very, like, upset. And he's like, it's two guns. And he pulls them out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. That was a perfect joke. That's awesome. <laughs> And if you haven't seen Love and Monsters yet, go out and see it. It is great. <laughs> you, I know you have it on your, your, your watch list, so I'm not talking yeah. to you. Oh, no, you are talking to me. <laughs> My husband and I want to watch it. We just haven't had time. We're going there are, through this. There are some very big radio tower moments in Love and Monsters. There really is. My husband's going hunting, so I get full control of the TV, I may just end up watching it without him. Back to the broadcast. Yes, back to our broadcast. Styles frowns, still giddy with his unsteady, growing fear even as he realized. The flowers had lulled the flowers had lulled him into calmness at all but drugged him. But their true enemy, the supernatural, Derek, had been nearly paralyzed by them. If Siles hadn't been there, he was sure Derek would have wasted away in front of them, unable to pull himself back. The instinctive realization and the sense of alarm made his breath come almost too quick to be useful now, made him scramble to put the gloves on. He got it. Derek couldn't touch them, but Styles could if he was careful. We have to move quickly, Stiles said, staring around for a moment, thinking before he pulled out his bag. There was one of his last Ziploc bags in there. They contained a few herbs, but he had a feeling these would be more useful. He tipped out the clippings he'd collected before carefully tugging off a few of the flower heads. Don't touch them. With your bare skin, Derek said, the faster Styles worked. Styles nodded through gritted teeth, and he knew that he did. He knew they were dangerous, deadly, even, but it wasn't the flowers he was afraid of. It wasn't them that made him feel like he had to run. The prickling feeling was a screaming in him now. Styles shoved the last flower he could fit into the bag and zipped it tightly before shoving it in the side compartment of his backpack, then turned. 
So they're going to keep him in the Ziploc bag and in Styles' backpack where they won't affect Derek. <laughs> I mean, I hope for Derek's sake it won't affect him. Yeah. It seems logical. I mean, yeah. snacks in a Ziploc bag and a backpack, you don't smell them. Hopefully they won't mistake them for anything else and try to eat them. Like, but yeah. it's, <laughs> it's really hard to mistake Wolf's Bane for a yeah. snack. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. But uh, um, I'm sure it'll work. Yeah. If they have tub, they, what else would they use? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. The forest erupted with sound. The ground beneath their feet trembled. Styles' Stiles's eyes flew to Derek, and he darted forward, barely able to breathe for the panic clogging his check, piercing him with like a knife through the heart. Before he even taken four strides from the flowers, before he'd even reached the place where Derek stood, staring wildly at the forest behind them, chaos broke through the trees. Leaves, undergrowth, and loose trees, loose tree limbs sprayed forward like an explosion under the force of the stampede that tore into the clearing. Animals thundered through the tree line, deers and coyotes and birds flashing through Styles' vision as Derek slammed hard into him, sending him sprawling sideways into the grass. Styles flailed scrambling forward on his forearms only to stop short as Derek rolled him out of the way in time to just avoid the crashing hooves. Derek scrambled forward, lying flat over him, pressing closer than Stiles had felt anyone in years. The sheer proximity made him freeze. His head jerked up just in time to see the stampede of terrified animals, seemingly every living beast in the forest parting through the meadow of the wolf's bane, diverting as if the flowers were a solid wall. Suddenly, Derek's weight pressed in on him more firmly. His arms curled protectively around Stiles's, and his head ducked over his just in time. Stiles felt the jerking impact of something slamming hard over Derek, the impact enough to make Derek jerk and grunt above him, just at the back of his neck and over and over. Styles struggled, unable to bear it, his unthinking sacrifice, this unthinking sacrifice, but Derek was heavy as stone above him, unyielding, pinning him in place, out of danger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Styles swallowed, tucking his head down, pressing it to the ground and trying to breathe, really trying. He squinted his eyes shut. His chest felt constricted, his breath too shallow. He couldn't breathe. The tsunami of wildlife seemed endless. Derek's weight felt tight and close, and yet none of it was what he feared. They had to move. Derek, he grunted, voice strangled by the lack of air in his lungs. Didn't he feel it? How could he not when the animals could? He squinted his eyes, shut tighter, and pushed, heart-pounding so hard that he could feel the blood straining in the veins. Starved of oxygen, then suddenly, Derek was up, his weight flying so suddenly from Styles' back that it left him start- startled to the ch- at the chill. 
which shocked a sharp breath into his lungs. The second he'd drawn it in, Derek heaved him to his feet and snatched up Styles' bag. Go, he said urgently. We've got to go right now. There it was, the panic, the sharp, rushed breath of words that Styles hadn't been hadn't seen behind the mask. Blood was beating down Derek's forehead, weeping from his hairline, but he didn't stop. When Styles hesitated, dazed in the wake of chaos, he surged forward, shoving Styles toward the trees. Go, he snapped. Run! Adrenaline pounded thick in Styles' blood, fierce and potent, like rocket fuel, sending him flying through the trees. His weaker ankle twinged but held, and he didn't stop. Every breath felt like razor blades. A sharp side stitch tore through his diaphragm. By the time the top of the tower came into view, close, so close, but so was whatever was coming. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I feel like I can't breathe for them. Oh, it's just wow. Yeah. You, you just, Hyper Little Nori has such a way with words and yeah. anticipation. Yeah. I, I can definitely feel their feelings right now I can't even I don't have words <laughs> my words are nothing compared to what she has written no it's just oh beautiful <sighs> yeah yeah intensely beautiful yeah yeah okay style swallowed the spittle pulling in his mouth from exertion every time he slowed he heard Derek's snarl Derek's snarl right behind him run 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 but they were running dangerously close to the danger not directly at it but close so close by the time they stumbled into the clearing beneath the tower styles was heaving feeling sick with exertion all his innards cramped tight with breathlessness and crushed into his ribcage he braced himself hard on the ladder to the tower head ducked maybe it was his brain associating the tower with safety after all his time, believing it was time to rest, or maybe adrenaline could simply only take a human body so far. Derek came to a halt beside him. They planned to head out today, so the two duffel bag Styles had stuffed full earlier were sitting under the shelter. Even so, Styles didn't have the energy to so much, so so much ugh. even so styles didn't have the energy to so much as take a step toward them he swore if he took his arm from the strut of the ladder he'd fall down he swallowed frantically again determined not to be sick everywhere we have to move derek said he was panting sweating sweat had mingled with the blood now to make his hair lay wild and damp on his head but he wasn't mindless shell-shocked with exhaustion style shook his head he couldn't he just couldn't styles derek said with the same insistence that he'd used to pin him to the ground and save his life 
moments ago. When Styles didn't lift his head, didn't so much as twitch, Derek grasped his shoulders. Styles, I can't. I can't, okay? Just, but that was the problem, wasn't it? The crux of his wish to rely on anyone else. Derek was stronger, faster. He could get away right now. He could keep going. When Styles felt like his organs were about to burst out of his side. And while he wanted to be selfless, wanted to say that Derek should just go, the idea terrified him. He didn't think he could be alone again now. He didn't. Hey! Derek squeezed his shoulder a little more firmly, making Styles jerk his head up at last, just as panic was starting to spike in his already rapidly heaving ribcage. Derek was close. Not as close as he had been, pinning him to the ground, but he ducked his head a little to ensure Styles couldn't avoid his gaze. Hold it together, all right? We've got all this way on our own. Oh, nope. <laughs> okay. Hold it together, all right? You've got all this way on your own. Don't give up now. Styles stared at him, the blood still pounding in his ears, sweat trickling down his neck. I don't know why I still find that so hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like panting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's so much sweat. It's not even like the sexy sweat. He's just <laughs> dying. <laughs> dying. It reminds me of like season two when he's like, uh, no, it's season four. He He's trying out for lacrosse because like the, the coach says it's a rebuilding year. Everybody has to retry out for their part. Yeah. And you see him running, and he's, like, crouched over, panting, and he's got this, like, weird face. I mean. Like. (sighs) Working out sucks. (laughs) I feel that deeply. Yeah. Like, like, the coach has him doing sprints around the, like, the lacrosse field, and Styles is just, like, falling down. Cardio is the worst. Yeah. First. <laughs> oh, Styles. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Dylan O'Brien, if you're hearing this, I want to marry you. <laughs> He's never going to hear this. <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know that, okay. Stay positive. Yeah, stay positive, Johnny. <laughs> the uneasy feeling was close to peak now close so close Derek must have felt the danger felt the inherent wrongness but he wasn't moving he was just staring into Styles's eyes Styles had never felt so opposite of alone he excelled long hard trying to force the air into a steadier rhythm and nodded they had to move they had to he nodded again and Derek must have seen more conviction in him or at least resolute calmness because he released Styles' shoulder and seized the most and seized the almost empty water container and pressed it into Styles' hands. 
Styles' long fingers wrapped around the edge of the worn plastic and just clung there, clung there for a moment. He watched as Derek snatched up Styles' crossbow from where it hung as well as the bolt holster. As he swung the duffel, Styles knew held the books he hadn't been able to part with over his shoulder like it was full of air. He brought the container to his lips, and if Derek noticed the way his hand shook, he didn't mention it. Styles stared. Well, nope, nope. Styles is not there. That word is there. Huh? Styles isn't there. That word is not there. Staring around, he let his breathing steady. His heart was still beating harder, faster with the pressure of awareness. Though the animals had fled, although the forest was more quiet than Styles had heard it in the last two years, they were definitely not alone. We can't stay here, Styles almost whispered, taking a swig from the water container at last, then another before setting it down. The panic had nearly taken over before, but he was focused now. He had to be, just like he had to be all those years ago when he found himself alone. If he'd done it then by himself, he could do it now that he wasn't. Just as Stiles picked up the other duffel, Derek plucked up the nearly empty water container and down the last few mouthfuls. Waste not, want not, Stiles supposed. And yet there was something jarring about Jarek so readily drinking from the same flask that he just had his mouth on. <laughs> like making out with a water bottle. <laughs> Not in a bad way. More like it spoke of a closeness and an implied trust. An un... Uh, what is that word? Un- unanimity? Unanimity. I don't know that word. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Unanimity. 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 <laughs> A unanimity that was still so foreign to him after all this time alone. Okay, we're gonna sit here and make fun of. Johnny's uh, speech impediment. Now. No, that was really hard. I couldn't. I, I <laughs> still have it up. I don't think I can pronounce it. Unanimity. 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 Okay. Okay. Let's see. I'm gonna start that sentence over. Okay. You want me to have Google speak it when you get to unanimity? <laughs> no, I I got it. Okay. Okay. More that it spoke of a closeness and implied trust, a unanimity that was still so foreign to him after all this time. Yes! (laughs) You finished the sentence. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it! Nailed it! Okay. Like he'd forgotten where the boundaries were. Every time Derek towed a line, he thought he'd known it in sighted a little twitch in his belly, the kind you got when you missed a step going downstairs. Ready, 
Oh, nope, 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 nope. Ready? Derek asked as he swallowed the final drop. Styles stared at him for a long moment before taking another sweeping glance at the clearing that had been his safe haven for so long. It wasn't that it had been any more than that, but it was also familiar, all he'd known. A notion, a notion of le learning to cope all over again somewhere else. Somewhere in the unknown was daunting. He tilted his head back to stare up at the tower. He thought he would have longer to say goodbye to this place, but he was out of time. There was a distance between them and the encroaching darkness, but not enough, not much. He just felt it, the same he'd felt it that night in the house with that sheet over the mirror he just knew. Let's go, he breathed, following Derek's lead into the trees. His steps were slow at first, a backward retreat so he could let his gaze linger on the radio tower for the last few moments before the trees swallowed him up. He walked. They didn't run, but even that pace was impossible to maintain forever, at least for Styles. He grit his teeth as he struggled through the test of endurance. He was fit for merely surviving on a daily basis, but he wasn't practiced in this kind of stamina. Eric has to stop talking so much. <laughs> hey, Derek called, not even out of breath as he drew to a stop, lowering the duffel and Styles' backpack to the ground. I can't smell anything nearby. We can stop here, catch a breather. Styles winced at the obvious attempt to preserve his pride, but didn't have it in him to argue. He took out, he took the out where it was offered and nodded, flopping to the ground at the base of the nearest tree and letting his head roll back against the body of it. He couldn't feel the uneasy prickle as strongly either now. Okay, he couldn't feel the uneasy prickle as strongly either now, and he felt reassured by that. The danger was far enough behind them to restore their energy, or at least for Styles too. You could have been all the way back to the car by now, right? Styles asked without needing to hear the answer. They'd walked miles, the last slower than the first, because of him. Surely Derek had to realize that he could have been far out of danger, out of reach of danger if Styles weren't holding him back. Derek passed him one of the water containers by the way of answer, only lowering himself to the ground beside him when Styles took it and had started drinking. He remained on his haunches, assessing the force around them at all times. He took a few sips after Styles was done without tearing his eyes from the surrounding foliage, then screwed the cap back on before meeting Styles' gaze. I'm sorry for crushing you into the ground. I didn't hurt you, did I? It was said so stiffly, awkwardly. It seemed difficult to, 
difficult for him to put into words, came out halting and hesitate, hesitation, and Styles just stared at him for a long moment. He reflected on being pinned to the earth, on the fact that it was the first time someone had been that far into his personal space in almost a decade. It seemed it was on the tip of his tongue to make a quip about the apology seeming almost painful for Derek, just as a misplaced defense mechanism, but he'd seemed so earnest that Styles didn't have the heart. Definitely not as hurt as I would have been if you hadn't steamrolled over me, he said by his acceptance of a, by way of acceptance of thank you. But don't you ever put yourself in harm's way from me like that again, all right? If we're going to do this, we're partners, all right? Equals. Derek lifted his. Okay. Derek lifted his head a little at that, the notion apparently surprising him to his very core. Style supposed. It was a startling idea, especially given humanity's history with werewolves. Derek looked on the verge of articulating that thought, but in the end, he shifted his expression, cleared. I've, I've already healed from the stampede. You wouldn't have, he said eventually with a shrug. It made sense. If it makes sense to take a hit for you, I'll take it. Styles frowned. That just sounded it felt. He moistened his dry lips and tipped his head back against the tree again, staring up at the canopy of leaves above. You don't care about getting hurt, he surmised. He hadn't had someone take a hit for him, stand in harm's way for Styles since his dad. It felt it still felt so foreign to allow someone to do that for him. Wrong. It's not equal that way. Does it matter? Styles sat up straight at that, leveling Derek with a glare. Of course it matters. How could it not? I'm not going to be dead. Wait, you got that? I survived this far. I can move. I can fight. I'm... What had Derek called him? Resourceful. I might not be Super Wolf, but I'm not useless. Super Wolf to the rescue. Do -do -do <laughs> Super Wolf. Derek just got a theme song. <sighs> oh... My my Halloween promo with like as with Tyler Hecklin as Superman. <laughs> Superman Wolf Super Wolfman. Derek Derek's brow furrowed. I never said you were. I know. Just Styles cut off, pressing the heel of his palm to, into his forehead, before dragging his fingers fingers through his hair. I don't want to slow you down. I don't want you to get hurt because of me, all right? Before, when it was just me, if I was too slow or too stupid or clumsy, it was only me that got hurt, not anyone else. 
When eventually Styles lifted his head to look at Derek again, those green eyes were impossibly warm. I've not had to consider someone else for a long time either, Derek admitted without inflection. His vacant tone belaying the compassion in his face. I love the word belaying. Belaying. It's a very Irish word. Yeah. <laughs> he stowed the water container, then pushed up, handle, handing Styles one of the sticks of jerky. I would be faster without you. But I also wouldn't have had the first real meal I've had in months without you. Or the first decent night's sleep. I'd rather go slow and not resort to having to talk to myself for company. He likes having dials around. Who, who wouldn't love a 147 pack of sarcasm with them? <laughs> and he's admitting this even after Styles gave him a, like, kind of a hard time in their first, like, meeting. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. I, I mean, I could do things alone. I could read this alone, but sarcasm and comments are the best part of this. <laughs> I love doing this with you, Jess. Oh, oh, you make me cry again. Get me right in the feels tonight. Go see White Frog. <laughs> I, I don't need that right now. <laughs> oh, this weekend I'm watching Les Mis with my mom for this first time and I know I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, chewing his mouthful, Styles considered him and everything he he both was and wasn't saying. Derek was a wolf. He supposed and wolves ran in packs. Lone wolves had a higher motel motel mo, I know this word. Lone wolves had a higher mortality in the wild. Perhaps it was just another instinct of his to seek companionship to ensure survival. Styles thought he could understand that. Humans were pack animals as well. But maybe it wasn't anything to do with being werewolf or human. Maybe Derek was just every bit as lonely as Styles was. It was hard to see how the world had been divided and lost, really, when none of them were so different, after all. Come on, he said after he finished his jerky and rose from his slumped position on the ground. Think we can get to the car before nightfall? They didn't. Dusk fell with a few miles between them and the car. After stumbling over his feet in the dark for long enough with only a wind-up torch to light his path, Styles cursed and came to a stop. The trees were thinning. They couldn't be far now, but Styles' entire body throbbed with negation at the thought of going any further. He rubbed at his eyes, straining from searching the dark for a safe path through the wilderness, and found Derek watching him thoughtfully as he blinked away the spots in his vision 
How much further? Styles asked, exhaling tiredly. Derek seemed to scan him from head to toe, considering his answer carefully. His gaze came to rest at, on the crossbow now slung over Styles' shoulder as he asked cautiously, Do you trust me? Styles bristled. He trusted Derek enough to believe him when he said his dad was out there, enough to fall asleep near him and share his meals with him. He even trusted him enough to turn his back on him as they made their now dismally slow progress toward the car. The car that Styles only had, Derek's word, was there at all. But it was still hard, still instinct to assume the worst after only experiencing the worst. Derek nodded. Yeah, he breathed, voice croaky with exhaustion. Yeah, I do. Derek nodded just once, a stiff, troubled motion. He glanced out at the darkness, head cocked as if he were listening for company. Apparently satisfied, he held Styles' gaze for a brief for a beat before speaking again. I can get there and back to you in less than ten minutes. Styles' entire world stopped. He trusted Derek. He did, but he was also out in the middle of nowhere in the dark with only a crossbow and a smart, small torch to see by. He was vulnerable, and Derek was about to leave him there, and he couldn't stop his mind from flashing into the darkest place. Out here, the blackness, he was only relying on Derek now to be his eyes. Styles was skilled enough with the crossbow, and he was quick, but he was also near enough blind out here. He didn't realize his breath was coming out in rapid, sharp bursts until Derek was right there, squeezing his shoulder again, just like he had before. Hey, he said, leaning into his personal space. I'm coming back, all right. There is nothing within miles of us. Nothing that can get you, get to you before I do. I'm coming back, all right. Styles set his jaw, scrabbling to hold on to his pride. He nodded shortly. It made sense. Derek was quicker. He could see. He knew exactly where the car was. It made no sense to break his neck trying to walk the rest of the way. It wasn't safe to build a fire and camp for the night but not out in the open, not here. Not when somewhere in the trees behind them, however many miles back they were. Derek was asking him to trust him, and it was a lot, but it was the only way. He nodded again. I'm coming back, Derek said again, as if Styles. Reticence? Reticence. Reticence? Mm -hmm. <laughs> We need to keep that open. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> okay. It's open. Let's try it again. I'm coming back, Derek said again as Styles reticent. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to hear again? <laughs> reticence. As Styles' reticence was clear on his face, maybe it was. Styles squinted as squinted his eyes shut the second Derek's back was turned and slowly sit, slid down the tree so he could keep it at his back, feeling some security in that at least.
The forest was too quiet, with Derek gone, too still. There didn't seem to be any animals here either, though they'd come across a few birds and deer on this their trek this far. That had to be a good sign, right? That animals the, that the animals they'd crossed paths with hadn't seemed filled with the same bone chilling panic those of the stampede had. He shuddered, though didn't open his eyes, didn't care. What would he see if he opened them? What trick would his eyes play with the molten gradient of darkness surrounding him? And what good would it do him anyways? He couldn't even see what he was shooting at. The wind picked up, brushing through the trees and making the trees around him whisper. Stiles couldn't help himself. His eyes snapped open and he searched the trees with the torchlight. Winding it a little more to keep it from dimming. He saw nothing but every noise half, half imagined, every movement half seen made his heart pick up a little until he realized the noise that was panicking him was his own ragged breathing. Oh. Yeah. He'd gone to therapy after his mother died. He knew that it was a vicious cycle. Anxiety, panic, made him, made breathing difficult, which made him panic further, which kept the cycle rolling over and over, and he had to break it. Oh my God, mood. Yeah. I know styles here. I have to keep anxiety medicine on me at all times. He coiled in on himself, tilting the torchlight up and dragging his fingers across the surface of the lens, playing with the light shining from within. He stared at the light shining through the very edges of his fingers, the way it made them glow pink, and he concentrated hard on them. He had to breathe. He couldn't forget everything, forget how to survive by himself after just shy of a month. One two three he could survive on his own he proved that he could but he didn't want to he didn't want to he was alone he was alone in the darkness and he couldn't breathe he couldn't over the sound of the blood rushing through his ears he almost didn't hear it over the thun, thud of horror he almost didn't register it but then a flicker of light caught the corner of his eyes and before he knew it the sound of an engine rumbled close by. He hadn't heard a car engine for so long, and the hint of civilization made his heart clench, even as it faltered. He found himself blinking against the glaring headlights that suddenly blinded him. Then he, the next he knew, he was staring up at Derek, silhouetted in the headlights. I have to take a moment to envision this. <laughs> He's like a god standing in the headlights. Yeah. If time had dragged out torturously long in the last 10 minutes, then it slowed to a stop now. He couldn't see Derek's face clearly, but Stiles still didn't think he'd ever seen a more welcome sight. He let out a startled 
slightly hysteric laugh that was more of a gas and pushed to his feet, using the tree at his back for leverage. His eyes were stinging. He was sure they were, they were, and he blinked hard, focusing on snatching up the duffel bags Derek had left him with him in an attempt to hide exactly how relieved he was. Dude, your baby is a thing of beauty. Stiles said in admiration, his voice betraying how shaky he'd been just a moment ago. I think the fact that my I'm losing my voice actually helped him sound shaky. Yeah. <laughs> his voice portraying how shaky he'd been just a moment ago as he approached the side of the car. He held it together, steeling himself with every step, determined to maintain his pride. Derek approached, standing by the open driver's side door, but not moving to get in. Stiles could see he was watching him out of his peripheral vision, but could not force himself to look up. He swallowed, clearing his voice a little to steady his voice and delay the moment he would have to face Derek with a face he knew would betray everything he felt in the last 10 minutes. Doesn't it doesn't seem like the most fuel-efficient ride for a post-apocalyptic road trip, though. It does all right, as long as you don't drive like a maniac, Derek said, without so much as a twitching where he stood. Surely the whole point of having a car like this is to drive like a maniac, Stiles mused, sounding more, more like himself, even though his hands shook. As he pulled open the passenger's door and tossed the bags in the back. He hesitated just a minute before lowering himself into the passenger seat and closing the door behind him. The dash glowed in a comforting way. The technology, the lights, the purr of the engine reminding him again of civilization, of a time before. But even before the world had ended, he'd never seen a car this nice. Derek seemed to have taken care of it, too, despite the miles it, it put in. He ran his fingers re reverently across the entire console. Does she have a name? Stiles asked as Derek climbed into the driver's seat at last, the soft noise of the door closing, sealing unnerving night out and making Stiles feel a little more secure. He re relaxed minutely in, the, in his seat, looking to Derek's face when he didn't receive an answer. It was illuminated by the radiance of the dash, the little lights reflectant in his eyes as he stared ahead at the windscreen. No, Derek said at last before putting the car in reverse. He gave Styles a once-over. Put your seatbelt on. Safety first, even in a post-apocalyptic world, put oh. the seatbelt on. And this has been a PSA about car safety. <laughs> kind of reminded of like Twilight when Bella looks at Edward and says, put your seatbelt on, and he <laughs>, laughs. Yeah, always put your seatbelt on. <laughs> it was good advice, common sense, a practice he'd always followed, but the simplicity of it shocked a little laugh out of him. Oh, are you telling me to buckle up? 
Derek just glared at him, and Styles shifted back more comfortably in the seat, locking the seatbelt in place. It was strange being inside the car, especially on the passenger side. For a brief moment, it was as if half his life had been wiped away, and he was sitting up front in the cruiser his dad drove them to the drive through place on the way home from one of his evening shifts. Derek picked up speed when he found the road just outside the forest and Styles fiddled with the seat until it was comfortable before towing off his shoes. He kept waiting for Derek to snap at him, to leap, leap at the defense of his car, which, through, though a little worn, was in better condition than Styles would have ever expected. He, suspo he, he supposed until now it was, hadn't had much of a run for a long time. They were in much closer quarters than either of them were used to as well, even compared to the small living space of the tower. The car was a Camaro, Styles thought, though the brand on the steering wheel, wheel had worn away and he had, hadn't gotten a good look at the dark before. They were held close by the car's design, most almost intimately close in a way neither of them were used to. He was sure it wouldn't take long for him to drive Derek insane. <laughs> I said I was coming back, Derek said, his voice blunt and almost accusing, renting the silence. Styles tilted his head back to look at him. I know. Derek scowled at the road. The headlight lit up the path ahead, but otherwise it was pure darkness as far as the eye could see. It didn't seem like you'd been expecting me to when I got to you. Derek, I believe you. If I hadn't, if I didn't trust you, I never would have, well, any of this. I trust you, all right? Just don't take it personal that it's taking some time to adjust to not doing everything myself. When Derek didn't answer, answer Styles added, We've been over this, right? I know you want to be the alpha here, but there are no alphas, buddy. Not between you and me. And if there is, then we're both al alphas equal, okay? I'm adjusting to that. Not, to not calling the shots, to relying on you and you to have the same for me. I didn't expect, he didn't expect Derek to reply, so when he saw the most imperceptible of nods, his stomach did a little flip. That agreement, the way Derek relaxed a fraction at his words, perhaps at Styles' casual use of a word he'd once used in everyday life. It chased the last of Styles' uneasy way, uneasiness away, assisted by the comforting in intimacy of the car. Styles couldn't help himself. Am I like the first human alpha? He asked. <laughs> Derek's lip twitched. Styles tipped his head back to the window. Want to play I spy? 
There was an unmistakable exhale of amused, frustrated breath. I will rip your throat out with my teeth. <laughs> Amen. I'm sorry, that is my favorite line. Files <laughs> chuckled, the sound tapering off gently into the kind of companionable silence they had both become used to over the last few weeks. The moment of the car, the movement of the car, the sound lulled him into an exhausted yet secure slump until he was half leaning with his forehead on the glass as the world rushed by outside unseen. He fell asleep eventually with his hand pressed, with his head pressed against the window. There's a lot going on. So, wow. Ah, oh, that's so much. Last of the water. <laughs> um, oh, so I don't even know what to say. Definitely looking forward to this road trip now that they are on the road, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of sweet, and I can feel Styles' anxiety about it, but now he's starting to realize he's relying on. Derek a little bit. He doesn't want to be alone anymore. So uh, I'm definitely curious to see how, especially being in tight quarters with someone, God, I hate being in the car with my husband. <laughs> I love him so much, but if I'm in a car with him for a long time, I want to rip his throat out in a loving way. A little see, a little well-known secret about Johnny. Johnny hates being inside of a car. It, it's a trapped feeling. Yeah, it's, I tell my friends it is a three-ton death trap. Yeah. Um, I would get into a Camaro with Tyler Hecklin. <laughs> oh, for sure. I would also get into Styles' Jeep. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I read an article today where they did an interview with Dylan O'Brien, and they asked him, do you have that Jeep? He's like, oh, yeah, I totally took that Jeep. <laughs> he just drove it off the set. <laughs> People usually steal small set props, and he's like, that's <laughs> I'm going to drive it off. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm so happy but, uh, for him. That's why Johnny likes motorcycles because I, I just don't like being enclosed in a car. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of anxiety about being in a car. I've been in a few really bad car accidents and there's just something about not being in control of a vehicle or the vehicles around you. I, it, it's hard to settle in a car. Um, I definitely feel more in control if I'm driving. I don't, there's something about it. Like I can at least control what my car does, but husband's a little bit of a reckless driver. I, it's like weird. When I was first learning to drive, I loved it. I loved cars. Uh, when I was learning to drive, I crashed into my family's cemetery. Gosh, my family has a cemetery in in San Antonio, Texas. I crashed into that cemetery, you just and spent all the spirits. 
I totaled the car, and ever since, oh, I, can, I cannot drive. I'm getting better, but I have just such a high anxiety of driving. Yeah. But I will get into a car with Tyler Hecklin. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it was that Camaro. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I think that's it. So I have a couple announcements for y'all. Um, one, um, we will be taking a break right after episode 10, a small break. And two, we will have another bonus episode premiering New Year's night. New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? Like midnight on New Year's. Okay. Yes. For New Year's Day. Yeah. Awesome. So. That are, those are my announcements, and we just want to tell you, join us next Chaotic Thursday. Yeah, we'll see you next Chaotic Thursday. Let us know, everyone. Let us know how you're feeling about the story, um, how it's going for you. And, yeah. Um, where you can find us on Facebook. Our Facebook group is The Ships of Chaos. You can find us on Instagram at The Ships of Chaos. Um, and we'll see you guys next Chaotic Thursday. Love you guys. Love you. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We love any reviews, stars, downloads, and subscriptions. Thank you for listening to the Ships of Chaos. We will see you next Chaotic Thursday.